Hello, Filled With Messages friends. Thanks for listening today. At one point in my pastoral ministry, I needed to ask an expert I had met once, years before, for a consult. To say I was nervous calling him would be an understatement. My stomach was upset. My hands were shaking. I was going to have to be vulnerable. I was going to need to admit that the lay leaders of the church and I couldn't solve the problem we were facing by ourselves. I didn't know the expert well and wasn't sure he would remember me or be willing to help. I didn't know if he would be kind or gracious. I didn't know if we would be able to afford his fees. As I dialed, I prayed my call would go straight to voicemail. I had rehearsed my request and thought I'd do better speaking it to a machine rather than a human. I had this sneaking suspicion that since I wanted voicemail to pick up, the expert himself would answer, but huzzah, voicemail. Perhaps surprised that my voicemail prayers had been answered, I suddenly forgot my carefully prepared SOS. I stumbled through my request and heard myself rattling off my CV, listing where I had gone to college and seminary, amongst other accomplishments. I hung up mortified. Why had I felt the need to list my bona fides? Who cares where I went to college and divinity school? Perhaps part of the reason I flubbed my message was because I lacked confidence. The situation we were facing was super difficult. I was completely at sea. I didn't want to seem inept, so I tried resting on my laurels. In today's scripture text, Paul lists his accolades. He's proud of them and confident in what he's achieved in life. But ultimately, all his confidence in his accomplishments are nothing compared to the confidence he receives from his relationship with Jesus. Hear these words from Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Will you pray with me? Holy Spirit, open our hearts and our minds to hear you speaking to us now, encouraging us, boosting our confidence, giving us your wisdom and grace. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your eyes, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Victor Borgia, the pianist and performer, famously began his musical comedy routines by saying, 
Those of you who have heard this before, I hope that you will enjoy hearing it again. And for those of you who haven't heard it before, I hope you will enjoy hearing it again the next time. It's with a similar cheek that Paul begins this section of his letter to the Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to say it to you again and again. And Paul's going to keep saying it on repeat throughout the rest of the letter. Each time Paul encourages us to rejoice in the Lord, he emphasizes a different reason why we should do so. In this instance, he writes, it is a safeguard for you. Paul, steeped in the Old Testament scriptures, is perhaps thinking of so many texts which remind us that rejoicing in God gives us strength. For instance, Habakkuk, one of the prophets, prays about a difficult time he's facing. His prayer concludes, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. Other Old Testament authors attest to the same thing. The joy of the Lord Rejoicing in God gives us strength. Perhaps Paul is also thinking of scripture texts that remind us that rejoicing in the Lord is a refuge amongst the storms of life. For instance, the psalmist writes, But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. When we step away from joy, When we stop finding reasons to rejoice in God's goodness, faithfulness, love, care, we are robbing ourselves of God's strength, God's refuge, God's comfort, God's safety. Rejoicing in the Lord doesn't mean we embrace toxic positivity, put on a happy face, pretend our lives are Instagrammable. Some days we will have to work to find reasons to rejoice in God. Some days we will have to fight for joy. Some days we might even have to create joyful moments. But clinging to joy keeps us safe and guards us from so much that wants to harm us. As we rejoice in the Lord, Paul also encourages us to watch out for, quote, those dogs. Poor dogs. What did they ever do to Paul? Dogs in Paul's day in Jesus's world were not family pets. Generally, they were wild and vicious. Calling someone a dog was a pretty common insult. Jewish people were particularly fond of calling Gentiles, anyone who wasn't Jewish, dogs. Paul isn't encouraging us to watch out for literal dogs here, but rather those people, organizations, things, which are vicious, which are trying to trap us. More pointedly, Paul wants us to watch out for anyone or anything who encourages us to put our confidence in our own accomplishments, in our own strength, in, quote, the flesh, as Paul writes, literally. Our world is filled with messages, subtle and overt, telling us that if we only had a new car, a degree from a well-known university, a home in the right neighborhood, a pew in the right church, the perfect job, a beautiful wardrobe, then we would feel so much better about ourselves, so much more confident, so much stronger and ready to face the world. I myself have reasons for such confidence, Paul writes. He then goes on to list all the reasons he has to be proud of himself. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, a Pharisee, a zealot, faultless according to the law, This index probably doesn't mean a lot to most of us, 
But basically, if a Jewish mama were to create a wish list of accomplishments she wanted for her son, Paul would tick every box. If there was a competition for Mr. Israelite of the Year, Paul would have won in a landslide. Yet, Paul continues, I consider all of those accomplishments rubbish, trash, literally the word is a very strong word for poop, wink, wink, in comparison to the confidence I have because of Christ Jesus. Paul is not saying his accomplishments are bad. He's not saying he doesn't have reason to be proud. If he was ashamed of his heritage or thought his accolades were detestable, he wouldn't have listed them in so much detail. By the way, it might be a little lost on us, but Paul's list is braggadocious. It's annoyingly boastful and meant to be so. What Paul wants us to understand is that in comparison, the confidence he receives from Christ Jesus is worth so much more than any of the confidence he could ever receive from being born into the right family, having gone to the right school, knowing the right people, attending the right synagogue, having the right job. Through his relationship with Christ Jesus, Paul gains more confidence than anything he could ever achieve. He gives confidence through righteousness, which we receive not because of the things we do, but because of Christ's love. He receives confidence through the power of Christ's resurrection, which frees us from all the pain and heartbreak that binds us and empowers us to shine like stars in the night sky with the light of God. Paul even says that he gains confidence through suffering, which enables us to imitate Christ Jesus by giving of ourselves to others, being humble, and listening that leads to action. My friends, there are plenty of days throughout our lives when we don't feel very confident. Right now especially, we're at sixes and sevens which easily erodes any feelings of security and safety and strength. Our natural human God-given tendency when we feel like we're flailing is to look to others for confidence. And certainly we should do that. We are not called to live this life in isolation, but to rely on others. We should reach out to trusted friends, mental health professionals, pastors, scientists, poets. We also often look at what's helped us in the past when we're in need of a confidence boost, and that's not necessarily wrong either. God gave us the ability to learn and grow from our experiences. But, as followers of Christ Jesus, we are also wise to remember that the confidence we receive from human sources, even from ourselves, has nothing on the confidence we receive when we turn to Christ Jesus for help, for strength, for safety, for joy. It's easy when we're stressed or rushed or feeling off kilter for us to not make time for God. Since Christ Jesus experienced the pressures of this world, we have confidence that he understands how they feel, that he understands all the things buzzing for our attention, making us feel like we don't have time to be still and know God. Jesus doesn't condemn us when we put more confidence in sources that aren't him. No, he simply stands waiting with open arms for us to realize that if we are really willing, if we are willing to come to him, 
we will find supernatural confidence, strength, refuge, safety, and joy. Thank you so much for listening today, my friends. As you go about your day, I hope you will find some time or make some time or carve out some time to connect with God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus. And as you do so, may you find your confidence growing and growing. God's grace and peace around you now and always. Bye-bye.